Greetings and welcome to The Second Question, a podcast for educators and those who love education. I'm your host, Martin Silverman, a public school educator from beautiful San Antonio, Texas. Now, let's answer the second question. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of The Second Question. I'm your host, Martin Silverman, and... I'm excited to be bringing you this second episode because, you know, I was thinking about um, after the first episode, what would I talk about on the second episode? You know, second things are different for sure than doing things the first time. You know, sometimes it's great. Like, I love to eat. And so a second helping of food is often very, very exciting to me. Uh, I look forward to that. Um, but second times can also be different. Like, you know, there's an anticipation and an excitement for the first time you do something, the planning, the preparation, the first time you take a trip somewhere, or the first time you um, try something new that you haven't tried before, uh, skydiving for those of you who would dare do something like that, or even zip lining. Uh, you know, those can be exciting. But the second time sometimes is not quite as exciting. Uh, you don't have quite the anticipation built up. Like I was thinking about my new grandkids and um, how fun it was to buy baby's first Christmas ornaments for them. But you know, if you look around, I don't know that you see very many baby's second Christmas ornaments because I guess after the first time, uh, you know, it's just not a milestone anymore. Leading up to this podcast was super exciting for me. Uh, you know, I had the idea in my head of something that I wanted to do, things that I wanted to talk about, and I can tell you that there are tons of things I still want to talk about in this podcast. Uh, those of you who know me know that talking is one of the things I really enjoy doing, and so being able to talk education specifically is very exciting, and I'm looking forward to doing that. Uh, leading up to this podcast, uh, you know, I got to share some ideas with some of my colleagues and friends, uh, especially a lot in the Men in Education group on Facebook. Um, Ryan Scott, you know, you've been a huge inspiration to me, um, and, you know, many others as well. And Hal Bowman was, like, super extraordinarily helpful. Uh, he got us together for a meeting and uh, on Facebook, and we talked about, you know, from the exciting to the mundane, what microphones to get and what hosting services would work, uh, but also the anticipation of putting together the product. And that was, you know, incredible and exciting. It, I think about how when you do something the second time in education, that it's not always the same the second time. It should be better, right? Uh, after you've tried something, you review it, you work it out, you figure out what the kinks are, and you fix it. And, I, I, you know, I would say that in education specifically, sustainability is key. Uh, we don't want our education system, certainly not the way we 
operate in education to be just like a series of events necessarily. We want there to be some kind of sustainability. And you know, I when I think about culture building in education, I always think about traditions and things that people can rely on from year to year. And that's difficult, especially in these times during the pandemic. A lot of the things that we would normally do as a school, as a community at Salinas are done differently now, or we've had to put some of those aside. But because we've been doing them and there's a sustainability to them, I feel like they can transcend the pandemic. And so it's important not to just throw traditions aside, uh, but to consider them, maybe tweak them a little bit for the second time. Uh, and make sure that they continue because people do, when they're involved in a culture and building a culture, want there to be certainly sustainability and things that can transcend uh, these unusual times. You know, I read a lot on educational Twitter about some of the exciting SEL things that people like to do with their students. And, you know, what I always think is that kids want and I'm going to say that they need a steady, reliable adult, uh, somebody that models consistency, that can do something not just the first time, but can also continue to do it uh, throughout the whole school year and th throughout school years. Unlike the example that I think of in my head is like the fun uncle that drops in and uh, stirs everything up and, you know, everybody has a lot of fun and then leaves and you wonder if some of those events are sustainable. There's an old Peanuts cartoon I remember from my childhood that, uh, I don't know, for some reason still sticks with me today. And in the cartoon, there was, I should say comic strip, right? That's the correct verbiage. But in that comic strip, Linus is apparently being woken up for school on the second day by his parent. And he says to the parent, what do you mean I have to go to school again today? I went yesterday. And for some reason, uh, that has always stuck in my head as something funny because the whole build-up to school, the first day of school, is like a huge deal. And then we realize that there's a second day. And I would, you know, I would venture to say that a lot of us as adult educators maybe feel the same way sometimes. We've put all the planning, all the preparation, everything into the first and then we have to figure out a way to make it sustainable. And, you know, I'm going to say that from my year's experience that uh, the way we make it sustainable is to plan it to be sustainable, to make sure that what we're doing is something that provides some kind of comfort and consistency for students so that they are able to uh, know what's to expect from day to day from us. And, uh, of course, you know, what we're going to build in is all the positive. And so uh, I look forward to developing culture that way and uh, having people know what they can rely on me for, uh, what I'm like. Uh, I try not to be different every day, maintain the same kind of consistency uh, in my interactions with people uh, and students especially so that they know when they come to me that they're comfortable in the fact that it's going to be something positive and consistent for them. You know, education was not my first major, since we're talking about seconds. 
uh, education was actually my second major, and I didn't change my major until I was a junior in college. Um, I went into college. My parents wanted me to be a business major, and uh, I knew I didn't want to do that, and so I actually went into college uh, as an undeclared major. And pretty quickly, I changed my major, I guess changed it from undeclared to speech communications, which, if you know me, won't come as any surprise. Speech communications, you know, consisted of two of the things that I liked to do the most, which is talk and listen. And so I was a speech communications major for second half of freshman year and all through sophomore year. And in my college, there was a pre-registration process that you needed to go through in order to become eligible to take your speech communication classes. Um, And you did that ahead of time so that the general public student would not take the space of people who needed those courses for their major. And so, you know, this is back in the old days when you had to do registration in person um, with little cards that were given to you that you then took to some ancient computer that put it together into your schedule. But it was a prize to be able to get your speech communications cards ahead of time so that you would be sure that you would get those classes. Well, anyway, I got into line uh, at the place where we had to go to get our pre-registration done. Uh, they hadn't opened the doors yet. And I was, I want to say, I was pretty close to the front of the line. I, in my head, I was about third in line. And so there were several of us standing there. Uh, we all knew each other because we were all in that major And we were talking about courses we were taking and whatever. And, you know, I can't describe exactly what happened, but the doors opened up to the room where we were going to go in and get our course cards for speech communication. And something came over me. I stepped out of that line. I walked over to the education department, which was in a different building, and I sat down with somebody and filled out the paperwork to change my major to education. And so call it what you want, hand of God, um, or I don't know how else you would describe it, but something told me that I needed to go and change my major to education. And so I went back to my dorm and uh, told my roommate at that time that I had switched my major to education. And it was, you know, just a natural thing. It felt right. And, you know, of course, ultimately it worked out, as we know. Uh, It's a career that I've had for a long time, and it was a good thing. And I remember calling my parents that evening um, to tell them. And my mother used to always tell me she worried about my, oh, by the way, statements, because apparently a lot of the things I would tell my parents, oh, by the way, turned out to be fairly major events. I'm going to talk about one of those in the next episode for sure. But uh, I was like, oh, by the way, I changed my major to education and I'm going to become a teacher. And you know, that turned out to be one of the good, oh, by the way, statements. Uh, My parents were happy with that. Um, They knew that a professional career like that was, you know, stable and uh, available and, you know, all those good things. And so it was really nice to be able to have that finally worked out and picked. But again, it was definitely not something planned and just something that kind of came about. And so when I think about things that come second, 
um, that's just one of the great examples of how something coming second worked out to be an awesome thing. And that leads me to this episode's answer to the second question. Remember, the second question is, who is the best teacher you ever had and why were they the best? And in the first episode, I answered my second question. And in this episode, I want to share a response that was sent to me by a young man that is somebody that I'm so proud of. Um, when I posted my first episode, he sent me a message on Facebook Messenger. Uh, and luckily, it was an audio message, so I got to hear it in his voice. And he was um, just telling me how much he enjoyed the episode and uh, you know how important he thought it was to talk about our teachers and and just all those kind of good things. And he couldn't have imagined the impact that that had on me. Um, this guy, his name is Malcolm, was a fourth grade student when I started uh, being assistant principal at Hopkins Elementary. And I met him one of my first days. I, I think he was probably the first student I met. And I'm gonna paraphrase our first conversation. He introduced himself to me and he kind of gave me a look over and he said, you look like a good listener. And I hope you are because I have a lot of things to talk about. And over the years, uh, Malcolm has had a lot of things to talk about. And it's been just a privilege and a pleasure to watch him grow up. I'm proud to say that uh, very recently, Malcolm received his bachelor's in aeronautical science. And I could not be more proud of him. He's uh, in the Navy and uh, has done truly, truly well for himself, and I'm really proud of him. And so I reached out to Malcolm, and I asked him to give me his answer to the second question. And this is what Malcolm told me. We often ask ourselves, what kind of person do we want to be? More so, how do we want to be remembered, or what we want to be known for? Of all the people who shaped my life and taught me, I'd have to say Mr. Gibbs has always been that first teacher that set the standard. He was everything I wanted to be. While I always knew I wanted to be in the military ever since I saw Top Gun, him being an actual pilot that flew actual missions in Vietnam just set a goal in my head that said, how do I do that? Little by little, throughout my year with him at Hopkins, he'd call me private, then lieutenant, and eventually captain by the end of the year. While most would see that as insignificant little nicknames, they were like badges of honor to me. I wanted to be called Captain someday. I wanted to wear those bars on my shoulder. So much so that I'm currently waiting to hear about my officer package for the Navy in hopes that I'll get them on my shoulder. This 19-year journey all started because my fourth grade teacher pushed, motivated, and inspired me to do and follow his example. So to wrap it up, the best teacher I ever had was an old C-130 pilot by the name of Gary Gibbs. If I can be a fraction of a fraction of the man he is, I think I'm doing pretty good. In the Navy, we have a saying, what you would define as true leadership is inspiring others to lead themselves. That's the teacher and leader he was to me. And so I conclude the second episode of The Second Question with those beautiful words from Malcolm and his great tribute to Gary Gibbs. I look forward to joining you and having you join me in the next episode of The Second Question, where my plan is to have my first guest, somebody who I think you will really, really enjoy hearing from.
And that's it from the second question. And that's it for today's episode of The Second Question. Thanks for joining us. If you like this podcast, subscribe and tell your friends. And don't forget to join us for the next episode where we will answer the second question. Thank you.